Our scripture reading today is from Luke chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. When he completed the days of his priestly service, he returned home. Afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. She kept to herself for five months, saying, This is the Lord's doing. He has shown his favor to me by moving my, removing my disgrace among other people. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this morning we continue with questions. We look at Elizabeth's question this morning. Um, as you remember, there we go. Uh, we're working our way through the four questions of Advent. Uh, previously, uh, we looked at how will I know and how can this be? And today we look at why has this happened to me? Now, I really do believe that inflection is really important uh, in this particular question. Uh, imagine if Elizabeth were to say, why? has this happened to me? Versus, why has this happened to me? Do, do you see the difference, right? I would say that there's one inflection for prior to the angel's visit and another inflection for afterwards. We talked a little bit in the beginning of the service about why questions, right? So, some of us have heard the uh, Advent story, the Christmas story, numerous times. We have figured out um, that... Um, uh, the shepherds were um, uh, not affluent. We figured out that it wasn't um, the three uh, kings of Orient are, but it was the, the wise men from the east. We've, we've figured out that the little drummer boy is really cool, but not a part of scripture, right? And we know, just like the billboards told us over the last 20 years, that wise men still seek him. And they went home a different way. But, but where does this story have feet in our lives? I really do believe that Scripture is a, a school of spiritual formation, uh, that it has an opportunity to teach us, to mentor us, uh, to redeem us all throughout Scripture. And so let's look at this particular question. Now there's, you know, uh, equity, equality, justice, right? One of the pieces in this story is that Elizabeth did all the things you were supposed to do, but never bore a child. Pre-angel announcement, an issue of fairness was present. Now, I know some of you spend most of your mornings playing golf. Could you imagine taking your kids, young kids, out to play golf? Immediately, with the difference in skill, you would hear them say, it's not fair, right? One of my favorite things to say as a parent is life's not fair. Oh, it's delightful, right? But golf, golf, they've made it so it can be fair, right? We have a handicap. Now, some of you lie on your handicap, but that's okay, right? It's, a, it's an attempt to make things equitable or just or equal. Now, um, a lot of ways to talk about fairness, right? Is it uh, about equity where, where we make sure everybody has the same? Uh, is it about equality, where we make sure uh, everybody has the same end result? Um, personally, I think the Bible talks about justice, which maybe is more about removing the barriers as opposed to um, adding or subtracting or trying to add the same. Now, um, when we look at the question, why has this happened to me? Um, th this is Elizabeth's question. You, you heard so beautifully uh, in the monologue uh, about how um, Elizabeth and Zechariah loved the Lord. They had a heart for God. They followed the ordinances. They were, um, 
if we were to describe Zachariah and Elizabeth here at Chapelwood, we would probably say that they hold up one corner of the church, that it's their role model and their ministry, their self-giving love. But see, to everyone around them, it wasn't so. There were whispers and murmurs. Why, at you know, 68 years, uh, has, has she not born a child? That while all of her friends had born children and were uh, enjoying them, playing with, going to parents of preschooler events and everything else, there was nothing for them to do. And even at this age, uh, where uh, her children, uh, if she were to have had them, uh, would be adults having their own children. There's no uh, grandparents' day for them. Uh, there's just loneliness. Um, I wonder what it is like for us and for Elizabeth uh, to move from that fearful place into trusting God's plan. So Elizabeth was childless in a time and culture that measured a woman's value by her fertility. It's a crude fact that barrenness was a disgrace and a sign of God's disfavor. But remember, we talked about how Elizabeth had, had kept the ordinances. She had a, a heart for God, that, that she was faithful. Um, it, it, it's a, it is unfair that what God promised is not necessarily what God delivered. I know that's an eye chart for you, I apologize. Um, but Deuteronomy chapter seven talks about if you follow the ordinances, if you love God, uh, then um, uh, that God will bless you and multiply you. He will bless the fruit of your womb. And, and that if you, you do these things, sterility and barrenness will not be among you or your livestock. I mean, the hard truth here um, is that, that in the Old Testament, um, uh, uh, in the Old Testament, God controls human fertility. Children are from the Lord, a reward and a blessing. A man with many children can be proud, and those without children were not blessed and had uh, every reason to feel ashamed. Now, I want to take a little time out here um, because I know that's a hard slide. Um, I, I think we all, in some ways, have been touched by stories of infertility. Um, I, I know that's true for the Old Testament, but, but I believe that there is some grace that comes into our day and time. Uh, and I think I'm uh, willing to speak on that part uh, because um, with Grace, we've always told her age-appropriate stories about um, how she was born, right? You, you've seen the traditional books, tell me about the night I was born. We tell her, well, it happened nine months before then. Of course, now she's 13, she's like, gross, dad. I want to know, right? We're like, no, no, no. Nine months before you were born, we, 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 had, we needed the help of a doctor and a donor, and we went to the doctor's office, and, and, and that's where we knew we were going to have you in nine months. Now, she has always owned that story and told that story. It is who she is. So I, um, if you're in a place of challenge around this issue, please don't let this slide uh, be um, uh, uh, a slide of, of uh, judgment to you. I believe God has a plan, and, and actually I believe it, um, uh, you can see it here in this uh, story um, of Elizabeth. But boil it down to um, Elizabeth and Zechariah were known for their faith, but externally it appeared that they were unfaithful. Now, you can say, wow, I wasn't lucky. You can say I was dealt a bad uh, hand of cards. You can say, I rolled the dice, I took my chances, and it wasn't uh, to be. That's completely different than what Elizabeth was feeling. You see, this wasn't chance. This wasn't a bad hand. Elizabeth assumed 
that she'd been singled out by the creator of all things, the Lord of salvation, the one who delivers those from captivity to freedom. And she'd been unfairly treated. She knew that she had a heart for God. Scripture tells us she had a heart for God. But yet at 68 years of age, she's still denied children. I wonder how to find some feet of barrenness in our culture today. How might we make sense out of this? You know, it's very much uh, our, our um, the last decade or so has been the decade of the prosperity gospel. We've had megachurches grow in non-denominational formats that have promised that if you do the right things, God will bless you. Um, this is the prayer of Jabez uh, in a very perverted way. I think the prayer of Jabez is great. It's from the Bible. But when we use it as a bargaining chip to get more stuff, we might have missed the point. I wonder, uh, maybe um, barrenness is not the evidence of unfaithfulness in our culture. Maybe it's the lack of material goods. I mean, if you don't have the Beamer, if you don't have the extra house, if you don't have the boat or the RV or whatever it is that you do and want, then it must be because God doesn't like what you're doing. You've been singled out. You've been um, denied the gifts and evidence of fruitfulness. Now, honestly, I don't believe uh, prosperity gospel has a shred of truth in the Bible, but can you link in to the little bit of shame? Can you link in a little bit to that story of what it might feel like to be barren? When we continue to look at the story, um, I want you to notice that what happens to Elizabeth is in some regards an injustice. But notice what Elizabeth does. She feels the ache. She grieves the loss. But she knows God has a plan. To me, that's amazing, right? Because when I find myself being treated unfairly, when I'm in the middle of the weeds, when things are difficult and challenging, I'm not looking up to see the sun. I'm worried about how I'm going to make good on what's going on. How am I going to get back to where I'm supposed to be? I don't think, oh, God has a plan. But Elizabeth... She does. Elizabeth trusts that God knows what God's doing. And now somebody other than Elizabeth, somebody having a negative response to injustice, there's, there's kind of two ways to talk about it. One is outward expressions, the other is inward. Um, I, I had a mentor tell me that when tragedy happens, you can either bury it deep within you, deep into the ground of your person, and that over time it'll infect the water table and the soil, and in generations, it'll still be a poison in your world. Or you can um, let the anger go in a very um, outward and um, momentous way, kind of uh, drop in the nuclear bomb and scorch in the top of everything. Can you kind of think about how a negative response to injustice can include these types of feelings and experiences? I have a feeling, and I said this last week, I'm going to say it again next week. If you have a problem with it, come have a cup of coffee with me. But life isn't about what happens to you. Life is about what, how you respond. You can be given great wealth. You could choose to hoard it or share it. You could be given great power. You could choose to abuse others or protect others. You could be given great influence. You could choose to corrupt others 
or inspire others. Life isn't what happens to you. Life is how you respond. Elizabeth responds to the unfairness by continuing to love God, by believing that God has a plan. Elizabeth, um, she moves with the visitation of the angel from why has this happened to me to why has this happened to me? So uh, Elizabeth, in the face of injustice, she really, she believes in four things, and we should too. Um, It's not about... um, the economic forecast, it's not about the jobs report, it's not about the economy or the politics, it's really we live in God's world and are a part of his family. And so Elizabeth and Zechariah believed from day one that God has the power to do what God says, that God has the wisdom uh, to meet our needs in an appropriate way, and that God is good. Elizabeth and Zechariah never doubted the goodness of God. And then lastly, God's just. God's going to make things right uh, by the time things are done. I I believe those are great attributes for us in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of difficulty, when we don't understand why this has happened to us. If we can hold on to those four uh, attributes, if we can uh, not let those be negotiable, we might find ourselves in a place of faith. So in the midst of their pain, God had a plan And more specifically, the way we talk about this in the Bible is God had a blessing for them. Now, I think it's helpful to talk about a a user's guide for blessings. Is that all right? Four things, a user's guide for blessings. When you think about a blessing, particularly for Elizabeth and Zechariah, they recognized and rejoiced in the source of the blessing. What do you do when you get the promotion? What do you do when you, you, um, you get the inheritance or, or, God forbid, you win the lottery, right? Because that's a great predictor of bankruptcy in uh, so many years, right? What do you do? Well, uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah, Zechariah has this beautiful song of praise to God, naming God as the one who gave the blessing. What a beautiful way to think about things to do when you get a blessing. Number two, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth were always responsible for the blessing. Could you imagine waiting some, uh, uh, let's see, doing the math, 55 years for a child, and then to go, well, God made it miraculously happen. I bet parenting will be the same way. No, right? Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth still had to be responsible for the blessing. They still had to raise the child. They still had to do the things that would lead to this blessing become John the Baptist, right? To be responsible for your blessing, right? Uh, One way you could talk about it is good stewardship, right? I I have to be honest, uh, I spent six weeks in uh, recovery from surgery. I didn't get to preach even one stewardship sermon, right? So, So forgive me for mentioning stewardship. Number three, Elizabeth and Zechariah eventually had to release their blessing. Could you imagine waiting 55 years for a baby, thinking that a baby wasn't going to happen, that the promotion wasn't going to happen, that that any of those things that you had dreamed about were not going to happen, and then they do. (laughs) I got to tell you, I'm not letting that kid out of my sight. (laughs) No, no, no. Here, share your location with me on your iPhone, John Boy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, the buzzer tells me you've gone more than a mile from the house. Come back, right? No, 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 we're gonna wrap you in 
and bubble wrap and forbid you from doing anything, right? But it wasn't the plan. It wasn't what the blessing was for. I mean, you know the story, right? Uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah raised John the Baptist, right? This isn't just some, um, you know, failure to launch kid. No, this is a kid who, who was a revivalist, who, um, who went to baptize for renewal people in the countryside in the River Jordan. And who shows up but his cousin Jesus? He baptizes Jesus. And then he speaks out against the injustices he knows. Oh, I wonder where he learned that. Maybe at home, right? And of course, his words become sharper and sharper against the political injustices. And before long, the way his story ends is his head's on a silver platter, dead. Elizabeth and Zechariah had to release their blessing into the world, had to let it do the plan that God intended for it. You can't keep it and hold on to it. Lastly, the fourth one, I heard this happen to Kate once. Oh, there it is, thank you. Um, the last one is we remain righteous once we have our blessings. Could you imagine, right? Well, I'm gonna show God, I'm gonna do every ordinance, I'm gonna do every commandment, I'm gonna be the most faithful, I'm gonna uphold one corner of the church, I'm gonna be that person until the baby comes. And when the baby comes, woohoo, I'm done. I'm going to Cancun. Not that Cancun's a bad thing, Feel free to take your pastor with you when you go, right? But, it, but it's this um, ability to remain uh, in love with our first love, even when the blessing shows up, e even when you have been given your heart's desire. Don't forget who gave the heart's desire in the first place. These are great ideas around a user's guide for blessings. What do you do with the good stuff that happens in your life? Do you remain righteous once it happens? Do you release it into the world so that it might do God's work? Uh, do you give clear credit uh, to who gave the blessing? And are you responsible for it until the moment that it needs to be given away so that God's plan can happen? I wonder, friends, um, pre-angel Elizabeth, why has this happened to me? Post-angel Elizabeth, why has this happened to me. We would do well to use Elizabeth as a way of responding to injustice, a way of responding to unfairness, a, a way of responding to tragedy when it happens. I know you're thinking, really, preacher? This is really heavy for Christmas time. Right, do we have to talk about all this barrenness? So uh, something you may not know about me is I, I did my doctoral work in pastoral care and psychotherapy. I met all the expectations to be a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas, but I didn't take the test. Um, ADHD, I was cool before ADHD was cool and just haven't sat for it yet, right? Um, and, and plus, um, though I enjoy pastoral care, please don't come to me for counseling because I'm like the kid that went to driver's ed but never drove a car, right? Doesn't have the license. D don't make me drive your car. It's not gonna turn out well. Uh, parallel parking, it doesn't work well for me. You're not tracking. Okay, um, but one thing I learned in my two years of internship at a counseling center is that intakes, new patients, double between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Let's say that again. New intakes, new patients to a, um, um, 
Uh, this is not a, a psych hospital. This is just a counseling, a Christian counseling center. They double between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Why? I don't know. I mean, maybe they went to Thanksgiving with the family and they decided somebody's got to be crazy. It's either me or them. So they go to find out. Thank you for laughing for that one. It may be that they've been to Thanksgiving and, and they know Christmas is coming. They got to do something to figure out who they are and what they're doing. Double the amounts. I have to believe that the questions that people show up uh, at a counseling center are much like the questions that we've talked about over the last three weeks. How will I know? How can this be? Why has this happened to me? Of course, next week is a beautiful question as well. What will this baby become? What will this, this beautiful blessing become? I hope, friends, this Advent that you are making that journey from unfairness to gratitude, that you're trusting in God's power and goodness, in God's wisdom and God's plan, that even if it appears to all outside sources um, that, that the prosperity gospel hasn't visited you, know that inside your heart you're keeping the ordinances, keeping the commands, that you are a heart that has fallen in love with God. Because God does have a plan. And when that blessing comes, how beautiful will it be to proclaim where it came from, to be responsible for it, to release it into the world, and to see God's goodness happen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.